You are about to listen to Free Live Cams, a show which deserves and requires your full attention. Please listen only with high-quality in-ear monitors, or don't you fucking dare. So I just finished reading Crossing, a transgender memoir, which is the title, by Deidre McCloskey. Deidre transitioned from a self-defined heterosexual cross-dresser to a, quote, full-time woman in the mid-90s. Deidre is a libertarian economist and lives in Chicago now. I was alerted to her presence by some fellow libertarian types in a time of great recent crisis, Um, and I may say she has been quite a silver lining from that time. Um, Thank you, S and V, for encouragement, support, and joy, as always. The book took a little longer to read than probably it could have, only because every three minutes I had to stop and cry for a bit, Um, usually ugly, shuddering sobs about my future and her past. I had to stop and take notes about other memoirs she references, miscellaneous ideas that popped into my head while reading. I took it quickly back to the library so others can enjoy it. Uh, Originally published in 99, a new afterword was published in 2019. And I hope to pick up a copy soon and maybe write an essay or publish an episode just on Deidre and specifically Crossing. She uses the term gender crosser throughout, which isn't a term I was familiar with, but I was only eight in 1999 and definitely not out of the closet transgender. So um, what the heck do I know about anything, really? This idea of crossing from one gender to another has been bouncing around in my head since I started reading a couple weeks ago. I'm, of course, thinking about crossing a bridge, uh, ever literal, Deidre might call me, particularly how there's an exit point for all bridges, a deliberate and specific end, but from there you can go anywhere, be anyone, do anything. There's a whole world beyond that pinpoint at the end of a bridge. She wrote so beautiful about what being a woman is like. Um, I cried with nostalgia, maybe in a small part, wishing I felt the womanhood she was describing even if I could definitely recognize it and some of its characteristics. So many things Donald, her birth name, didn't know that Deidre did. What I really like is that she honors her former self, recognizes Donald as a he-him, and sees her life and her experiences Donald as important, not something to be ashamed of or afraid of or hidden. This could come from age since Deidre was in her mid-50s when she started crossing, and I was in my late 20s. Um but I can still see what she means really and how it feels to look back and see that person so clearly and all the experiences that end up defining who you are now. She was Donald to Dee to Deidre, which the parallel Juliana to Jay to whatever is next um, was not lost. The memoir wasn't only joy, though, thanks be to God, so much of it was. Her children and her wife of 30 years left her completely, and she mourns that actively throughout Um, But Deidre also makes clear how much family she finds and how much welcome she received into the tribe of women. Uh, How powerful that support can be and and surprising in the mid-90s, I'm sure. It really was a beautiful reflection on how far we've come and how far we do need to go. The most relatable moment toward the end, um, Deidre is thrown a compliment stepping out of a Parisian hat shop, uh, Beau Chapeau, Madame, so much carried in, in sort of three quick words. Uh, exactly. I, I, nothing more gender than looking good in a baseball cap. In the updated afterwards, Deidre is answering FAQs. 
um, ever practical, she might say, ever the economist, she'd say throughout as she was running calculations on costs of surgery, costs of losing her family. Any romance is the question. Um, no is the answer. And uh, that made me kind of sad because, well, Miss McCloskey, here I am. I'm ready to introduce some romance into your life. Uh, she may think I'm a little young, but uh, who hasn't fallen for the brash charm of a young gun before? My name is Jay. I'm dangerously close to 31 years old. My pronouns are they, them. And I can't help but wonder, is Dave Matthews good? I know a lot of people like him, but um, unfortunate to report, I, I do think perhaps it's pretty good. Um, either that or a COVID fever has cooked my brain and it's making me listen to Crush three times in a row every four hours. Um, so that's where I'm at. Uh, what you should be listening to three times in a row, which would take about four hours, is Free Live Cams, a podcast. If this is your first episode, welcome. What took you so long? If this ain't your first rodeo, yeehaw and howdy howdy, enjoy Zach Jackson's sweet tunes. Don't be embarrassed to headbang a bit on the breakdown. We always do, and we always will. As I mentioned in my prologue, uh, yours truly has le COVID. Uh, I'm on day eight and I'm coming around the bend, but the voice, this voice <laughs> you're hearing is, uh, is COVID, a COVID exclusive. Um, but who knows if I'll be healed in, in three days time enough to edit and get this episode released. Is anyone going to listen to this episode on January 1st? I don't know. Hopefully. If you're hungover, I, I hope my dulcet COVID tone starts smoothing your brain. Um, today, in this here episode, uh, I'd like to talk about the Pride Flag. The third episode of what I'm calling the X-Files, X-E-X for explainer, a resource list, but also a pun, obviously, because of the show about aliens seeking bisexuals. Uh, if you question, I will trans both their genders fucking watch me dog, so just accept it and move on. Um, but also the X, of course, about which we have spoken at length. Go back and give those old apps a listen. Um, mostly it's something I thought of in the middle of the night and found it to be deeply funny um, because it is. But uh, So anyway, the pride flag. Depending on who you are, you may picture different versions of this flag. Classical only rainbow, black and brown stripe version, the one with the chevron, um, the new edition with the intersex symbol on top of the chevron. What I can almost guarantee um, is that you're not picturing the original, the OG pride flag created in 1978 by Gilbert Baker, urged by Harvey Milk to create a symbol of pride. Um, it was flown at San Francisco Gay Pride Freedom Day and actually had two more stripes than it has now. So here's the list. Hot pink to represent sex, red for life, orange for healing. Yellow, sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for art and magic. I would say let's bring this one back for real. Um, indigo for harmony and violet for spirit. 
All those original flags were handmade when they first were designed and distributed um, by hand also. But upon mass production, hot pink and turquoise were removed, RIP. And indigo was replaced with basic bitch blue, emphasis my own, uh, which is said to represent serenity as well as harmony. Um, All of my links cited are in the show notes, so uh, check it out. In 2017, Amber Hikes, head of the Philadelphia Office of LGBT Affairs, designed the rainbow flag with the black stripes at the top to represent people of color. Uh, I, I really like this version of the flag because the additional stripes are integrated, um, a part of the primary look and feel, which is sort of a jumping off point for the progress pride flag, which is the chevron or the triangle, for those of you who did not march in the Syracuse University marching band. Um, that flag de- debuted in 2018, designed by Daniel Quasar. Um, I have linked the, inter- like I just said, I have linked the website in the show notes, so I encourage you to check it out. But their mission, uh, I wanted to quote here at length, um, because this really changed my thinking about this version of the flag, so I wanted to open with it and then offer my own sort of reflections. Um When the pride flag was recreated in 2017 and 2018 to include both black and brown stripes as well as the trans stripes, I, quoting Daniel Quasar, wanted to see if there could be more emphasis in the design of the flag to elevate its message. This new design forces the viewer to reflect on their own feelings toward the original pride flag and its meaning, as well as the differing opinions on who that flag really represents, while also bringing into clear focus the current needs within our community. You can't avoid the message as it is right there in front of you. I challenge you as a viewer to look at this design and acknowledge the thoughts and feelings it brings up within yourself. No matter what they are, take this opportunity to reflect and self-critique if necessary. The six-stripe LGBTQ flag should be separated from the newer stripes because of their difference in meaning, as well as to shift focus and emphasis to what is important in our current community climate. The main section of the flag, the background, includes the traditional six-stripe LGBTQ flag as it uh, as seen in its most widely used form, so as not to take away from its original meaning. The trans stripes and marginalized community stripes were shifted to the hoist of the flag and given a new chevron shape. The arrow points to the right to show forward movement, while being along the left edge shows that progress still needs to be made. So my initial thoughts were that the chevron is too aggressive. Um, That's how I've always felt about the progress pride flag. It's... um, it felt to me a sign to affirm the erroneous idea that people of color are new in the queer community and that trans folks are sort of fresh on the scene that we're pushing ourselves in. In some ways, though, we still are. Um, representation does matter. And if the only queer people you're seeing celebrated look a very specific way, shout out to the uh, nightmare Brooklyn queer culture. Um, I understand the need for a push and more pro-action and aggressive action. Um, That's a concept that I understand more as time has gone on and do um, appreciate and sort of understand even more after reading Daniel Quasar's mission statement. So I appreciate the comments about forward motion versus progress um, the sort of the the more activeness of the flag. Um, this is this past summer, twenty twenty one. I saw the Progress Pride flag with the intersex logo inside of the chevron. Um, this may have been designed in the past, but this summer was the first summer that I saw it. 
uh, on Twitter, actually, and only because of people being dicks about it. Um, of course, you know, the inspired aesthetic trolls, straight and queer. In in the SpongeBob meme font, obviously, uh, it doesn't look pretty anymore, is what a lot of people were saying. Um, too busy, too complicated, uh, which is honestly an idea I can't even entertain uh, when presented seriously. There are literally so many other flags uh, options that you can choose symbols that better express both your aesthetics as well as your preferred identity label. Um, from an aesthetic standpoint, the non-binary flag is uh, not cute, <laughs> so I choose not to fly it. Um, seems easy instead of trying to take down an attempt to include uh, more queer folks. Um, and also, like, who fucking cares? Like, literally, you're spending your time worrying about what a thing looks like because of some other outside perception of it. Like, you think it's a reflection on you that this flag is busy and has lots of symbols on it and meanings. I don't I don't have the patience for it. Um, like the acronym, uh, efforts to include everyone make the flag, uh, like any community label, more complicated, more cumbersome. But I don't really know what to say other than that. Like, trust me, we're worth it. <laughs> a flag that tries to represent us is important. Um, go back and listen to the acronym episode. It was it was a month ago, bro. Inclusion is worth it. Make making the time is worth it. It's kind of the summary from that episode. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone has a right to express their own opinion, but also I'm not going to take it seriously if it's stupid. Speaking of the flags being representational, I saw a TikTok also linked in the show notes where the opening bit was, um, the house has a flag outside and the person kind of goes through the different flags and like says how they're going to react if they, um, like how they're going to treat the people in the house. Uh, so the house has a flag outside and the first one is the Philly flag and the creator says he's going to rob them if they're white. And then the progress flag, he says he's going to rob them if they're white and cis. Um, this is more of a joke than I remember the first time watching it. Uh, also after watching it again, the by flag gets, I'm going to invite them to rob the first two houses, which I think is pretty funny. Um, but it did give me thinking about flying flags representationally as opposed to in solidarity also just walk the watch the tiktok i wasn't going to like explain in detail um when it takes 30 seconds and you can watch it to understand the context of what i'm talking about um but yes that's a jumping off point thinking about using the flags to represent you um as opposed to re represent someone else or express solidarity so i both like and kind of dislike this idea about only flying a flag that directly relates to you um, I dislike it because one, I don't like being told what to do. Um, and two, I do start to cry literally everywhere. I see a trans flag, like on a coffee shop, hanging from the subway, like every single time it makes me feel like super powerful and seen in some ways and alive in others. I can't wait until I have a chance to, to really fly a trans flag in public, um, to hold one as a shield in defiance of this is people who hate us, um, the queer people who hate us, uh, all the people who don't understand what it's like. Um, would I want someone cis flying a trans flag at like Dyke March? Um, probably not. I don't know. Um, but like seeing them in windows of places, 
I don't know, really, really gets me going. Um, what does it mean? I don't know. Because, like, if there's a transphobic person in a coffee shop and they're flying a trans flag, like, is someone going to defend me? Is are, are people consenting to the support of trans people by walking into this coffee shop? Are they just rolling their eyes at it? Does it actually affect anything directly? I don't know. These are all the follow-up questions I have. But um, I do like seeing it. So, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Tweet at me. It also, all this kind of brings to mind a conversation I had about the Philly Pride flag with a friend back in 2017. Um, He is a person of color and expressed feelings about wanting Pride to be a celebration and not a time to, like, worry about everything else. Um, I don't have the memory to, like, quote him verbatim, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that, that was what I kind of took away and have taken away all this time. And I didn't really have an answer for him. Not not that he was asking or not that I like needed to have one. Um, but I my first kind of thought was like, these stripes are for you in an effort to make you feel included. And not to say that he should be grateful for a symbol that he didn't choose himself. Um, but I just I just thought it was interesting and related to all of these things. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to please everyone. Um, which is why I do think more options and more choice is always best because it can help you decide what works for you and what doesn't. And I guess as long as you're not like shaming someone for making a different decision, that's, that's that. Um, a couple more flag explainers for y'all. I picked the ones that apply to me because I love sharing things about myself because it's my show. Um, I skipped over the lesbian flag stripe definitions, but I do think it's particularly pretty, so you should look it up. Um, and also in my Googling, uh, there's a bush lesbian flag, which I think is like pretty fucking tight. Um, first, my ride or die, the bisexual flag. Um, I've gotten a couple pins over the years with the bi flag, but I've never flown it. Um, this flag was created by Michael Page in 1998. The pink stripe represents homosexual relationships and attractions. The blue stripe represents heterosexual relationships and attractions. And the purple overlaps, represent, representing the overlap, which I think is cute. Kind of short and sweet. Um, yeah. If you've never noticed, the colors of FLC are the bi pride colors. I hope I'm not blowing anyone's mind with that right now. Um, but if I am, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, cool. Okay. The trans flag was created by Monica Helms in 1999. It was first flown in the Phoenix, Arizona Pride Parade in 2000. Monica's a vet and has worked hard to fight discrimination against LGBT babes in the military. Um, the pink stripe is for trans girls, blue stripe for trans boys, and the white stripe is uh, in the center for all the rest of us. Simple, sweet, pretty. Love the trans flag. Uh, there's a pretty good story here about RuPaul tweeting about casting trans characters and tweeting like, uh, because he always kind of comes under fire about the trans community. Um, <laughs> uh, but so his, his tweet is like, uh, literally just Google it. I couldn't link to the original tweet, but I found a bunch of like tweets about the tweet and I didn't want to link to those. Um, so he, he tweeted like, 
you know, we, we cast based on charisma and, and talent only, and we've never had a problem with trans people. And he, um, tweeted a, well, what he thought was a flag, um, but clearly Googled trains flag instead and posted a picture of Ellsworth Kelly's train landscape painting. Uh, so it's like green and, and green and yellow stripes. Uh, so it kind of looks like a pride flag, uh, but it is not, it's like, like distinctly not the trans flag, um, but it's hilarious. And Twitter kind of celebrates this uh, every year because it's fucking funny. Um, the non-binary flag is a little much, but it's better than the gender fluid flag. Um, more of that some other time. And definitely better than the pan flag, um, full, full of fits meant. Um, the white stripe stands for those outside the binary, White for folks with many or all genders, purple stripe for between or mix of male and female, and finally the black stripe for those without gender. Um, it's just not, you know, as aesthetically pleasing as uh, the trans flag or the bi flag. Um, so, my conclusion every stripe means something. It's not just like, oh, gay, rainbow, gay, wang. <laughs> Liberist. Um, it every single flag is deliberate and specific. So yeah, I don't know. Um, like we've talked about these last couple of episodes, come with curiosity and question with grace. And life is enough of a nightmare without other queer people, especially being like, "Damn, that flag is ugly." Like, just shush, just hush. Uh, figure out what it means and acknowledge that those meetings have importance to some people and that's fucking that. Uh, so I wrote this here script on Christmas Eve and I couldn't go to midnight mass because of la COVID, but that does mean my birthday is fast approaching in 10 days if you're listening the day of release and you should. As of now, I'm planning on a quiet morning alone like usual then maybe a freewheeling recording. No script. No net just riffing on my shit uh self-indulgent yes but it will be my birthday and i can podcast if i want to love you truly madly deeply see you soon Check, check, one, two, one, two. Do I sound like I have COVID? Yes. Yes, I do. Ha-cha-cha.